welcome to Cult Movie Cult, where we watch and discuss the horrific, the obscure, and the flat-out strange from the other side of cinema. I'm Mark Dickerson. And I'm Jeremy Fink. And this is episode 7, part 2 of our three-part series, So Bad It's Good, the best of the worst from the depths of cult cinema. Today we are going to explore a little film from 1990 called Troll 2, which, as far as I can tell, has absolutely no correlation to Troll 1 which I still have yet to see. Um, But really, when you already have a masterpiece such as this, why would any other films with the word troll in the title even need to be viewed? I mean, that's exactly that's how I feel. But uh, I don't think they even said the word troll, but we'll we'll get to that. No, more Um, about goblins, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, goblins, I believe they were called. Um, So as we've yeah, as we've just brought up, we're talking about troll Two. goblins still exist. Your grandpa Seth is telling you. Grandpa. That's exactly what happened. Okay, I'll tell my father that you're coming with us tomorrow. Where are we going? Nilbog, a wonderful half-empty town. Oh, Elliot, it will be wonderful. There's no coffee here in Nilbog. It's the devil's drink. You can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. Monsters, what do you want from me? <laughs> this is my house. Grandpa. Don't let them eat, Joshua. For the love of God, don't let them eat. They're eating her. And then they're going to eat me. Oh, my God! So Troll 2 is a 1990 horror comedy film directed by Claudio Fragasso under the pseudonym Drake Floyd, starring Michael Stevenson, George Hardy, Margot Prey, Connie McFarlane, Deborah Reed, and Jason Wright. The plot centers around a family which is pursued by vegetarian goblins who seem to have this strange green gooey substance that Mm -hmm. fuels their existence and helps turn people into plants because they want to turn people into plants so they can eat them because apparently they can't just eat people unless they are plants which is, are, I think are you trying to say this is not not logical jeremy i mean i don't know i mean the, the, i think there is some kind of logic there it just it yeah. uh, maybe operates under its own <laughs> its own very specific set of laws completely i'm sure yeah it makes complete sense i mean it's just yeah so the green goo is very uh, i almost feel like iconic for this film um just, yeah. it has a great it does have a great color and a great look to it yeah it is i mean there, there are some for, for a movie that's kind of so strange um, plot-wise and confusing, and the acting is, you know, hit or miss. I, I think that the production design for this was actually pretty radical. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like decent, I mean, yeah. pretty pretty decent. Like you know, the, there's like green food and you know, green mm-hmm. was it like donuts and lots corn, of green, lots of green. Yeah. Corn. <laughs> I guess the it's popcorn. Uh, is that what you're referring to? The yeah, the popcorn. Yeah, 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 the popcorn. Yeah. Well, yeah, the popcorn scene, of course. There's a, there's a very strange scene involving a sexual encounter with popcorn i had completely forgotten about that scene until i rewatched it it just mm-hmm. blew my mind all over again yeah um, no that's definitely that one's got to be up there on the list of uh strange yeah. strange sex scenes in movies <laughs> well a lot of these films that we're discussing um you know i i'd probably seen like a while ago and i'm kind of revisiting them but i'm always interested to hear you, you know since this is your first time viewing this film um what, what's your impression of it um, so my impression with this one, so so of the movies that we're discussing for this series, um, obviously we've already talked about Plan 9 from Outer Space, um, and we will be talking about The Room on our next episode. This is the oh, one yes. that I would probably say is the worst of the worst. Wow. Um, I, I, I would be so bold. 
Um, I mean, I think on the one hand, you know, you, you take a horror movie, which which I think, I guess we could call this a horror movie generally. Um, and, and, you know, the goal of a horror movie, in my opinion, is to either scare or disturb you. And ultimately, it, it did do those things um, to me. But I guess, I don't know, it's just, it, it's one of those, it's one of those films that um, just seems so distant from anything that's human, you know, anything that's human or understandable. Right. Um, and that, that's why I think for me, it's probably the one. And, and Rotten Tomatoes, I think, seems to agree. <laughs> uh, what does it have, like a six? Six percent or something. Yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying as far as the uh, the effects. The effects are pretty effective. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, the some of the the yeah the things that happen with plants in this movie are uh, pretty disturbing, actually. Yeah, yeah, uh, surprisingly so. Yeah, yeah, surprisingly. You know, you wouldn't think that plants could be that. Yeah, that um, could do those things, <laughs> basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, that, that's something that's that's pretty effective with this film, I would say. Um, there is a lot of behind the scenes, you know, uh, I guess, you know, different things that were going on. There was a lot of, uh, there was a language barrier because, uh, the, the create, the directors were both Italian and none of the cast was as far as I know. So, mm-hmm. um, there was a lot of, you know, miscommunication and things like that, which led to, I'm sure a lot of how this movie ended up so bad. Um, yeah, it does it seem explains some of it. Yeah, yeah, it does seem like that in this particular one, just the kind of, you know, issues that it runs into. If we were assessing it as we would normally assess a movie, and not as, you know, this this beast which it is, the the problems it runs into do seem to be, kind of miscommunication and things that tonally, don't line up in the way they necessarily should. T- tone is a huge thing. Yeah. We touched on this a bit with uh, Plan Nine. Actually, we discussed how how certain things are just off. You know, certain lines that people say are just strange, and there's a lot of that in this film, in all three films actually that we're talking about. That, that happens a lot. Um, some of the, you know, I, one of the main things I wanted to focus on with this episode is the acting. Dear mm-hmm. God, the acting. Um, <laughs> some of the line readings. I mean, just right off the bat, when they're in the car and the mo- the mom, I feel like. You know, in a movie with so much bad acting, mm-hmm. I hate I hate to single so you know one person out, but she to me is just <laughs> she's on another plane. Yeah, they're, no, they're, I mean all she's of them. On she, another, she's on another plane, but <laughs> yeah, she's on a whole another level. Um, but when she offers her son a sandwich and she goes, "Do you want some Joshua?" <laughs> or do you, or she almost says it like, "Do you want some Joshua?" Yeah, some Joshua. Like, yeah. It's just, even, even just that line is it's just very strange the way she says it, and I actually repeat that line at the very end, which I didn't realize before. Yeah, well, it does, um, it does seem a little bit like the the way the actor. It, it almost seems like you had a director, which may have been the case who was doing line readings with the actors, mm-hmm. it, um, like very specific ways of saying these lines. Um, yeah. But it just, like we said, just did not translate in a way that the actors, <laughs> like, like it didn't, it didn't seem like at any point the actor actors were actually interacting with each other. It just seemed yeah. like they were all like had the line that they were supposed to say and were almost saying it to like a, a wall or like saying it to themselves in the mirror and not right. like actually acting okay, I have this, with anyone. Yeah, yeah. I, have, I have this line I have to say, so I'm, I'm going to say it, and that's it. Yeah. Um, another part that stands out, it's a general store owner. Mm-hmm. That, that that actor is just wild, but when he, he only, I think he only has like one quick scene, or maybe even two, I'm not sure, but, you know, he goes, coffee, that's the devil's drink, you know, <laughs> talking about that. I mean, that's just 
stuff like that is why this movie is it's just so fun yeah um, lots of quirky and also another another moment well i mean if we're hitting on kind of moments right now yeah another moment when they're they're riding to the uh to the to the new home that they're going to um when they're in the car i think the mom says let's sing that song you like and they start singing <laughs> row your boat yeah <laughs> row your boat like, that really makes me laugh for some reason yeah because it's like that oh, song that's that the, i that's that song that like. i love yeah <laughs> like, it's, really like the, really you, you know love- yeah, you love that song? And, and she could have just said, let's sing Row, Row, Row Your Boat. Like, like <laughs> yeah. they, just, they all just know that it's, oh, that song you love. And they all immediately know yeah. exactly what she's talking about. There's something so strange about that. That song I love. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, there's lots of stuff like that. I mean, I, I will say, uh, watching it again, it does kind of, and I do remember this a little bit, it does kind of drag a little bit, I felt like. Mm-hmm. To, you know, as entertaining as it is and how much there is to love about it, it does kind of go, it overstays its welcome maybe a, a bit, but um, that probably just adds to the badness of it, to be honest. Um, so I'm but, curious, Mark, actually, and this is a question we should probably talk about with all these movies. Um, what like what was the quality of the... Um, I don't know if we would say print because it's probably digital, but like, did you watch like a, a high quality, high high definition version of this, or did I you did know? actually watch a, a yeah high quality version of it. So it was interesting because the one I found, um, which which I wouldn't necessarily recommend, but I found a really really awful, like like low quality. I think it was on YouTube maybe version of this, like maybe even cropped a little bit or something like that. But it it kind of almost added to it in an interesting, in an interesting way, (laughs) because, you know, I mean, obviously the, the background for a film like this is, uh, you know, kind of rooted in exploitation, right. Horror, you know, this is just such an out there concept and it, and it almost made it more believable to me in a way because it just looked so bad, you know? And I think with, with movies like, you know that fall into this kind of so bad it's good category a lot of the time what makes them feel bad is the fact that they look kind of good and you expect (laughs) them to be of a certain quality and then they fall short so i don't know for me for me like being able to see a really nasty print of this one made it just feel like it was the dirtier you know underground thing rather than this poorly directed yeah i would love to see a like a a screening of this i would love to go to a screening of this i haven't really seen many of you know there's lots of the room and plan nine and stuff like that but you don't mm-hmm. see too much uh troll too but i no, think I this would be really fun i've had a lot of uh you know parties or you know get togethers where i bring friends over and watch this movie and it's always a good time mm-hmm. um especially that popcorn scene <laughs> yeah no, it's, it's just so so unexpected and what, what do they yeah. say so there, there's so to give a little background there's a group of guys and one of the guys is in a kind of a relationship with the daughter from this family. So the family consists yeah. of, you know, a mom, a dad, a son and a daughter, teenage daughter, young son. And the daughter's in a relationship with this guy who seems to be so connected to his friends that for some reason he can't leave them behind when he goes and spends any time with his girlfriend. They're, they're just showing up all the time. Um, but so, so basically they go on this trip and uh, he brings his friends along with the promise of liberated women. <laughs> which was interesting they just kept using the word liberated it's like it's like things like that where it's like what like liberated just so bizarre it's odd yeah so Um, many so many strange moments i love when there's such a strange moment when uh the daughter is just starts dancing in the mirror Mm -hmm. 
that that random dance she has there just very i don't know just comes out of nowhere but um yeah the plot i'm trying to uh, even think of how to so the basically it's an exchange program right the the does this even exist in real life <laughs> i don't know and it doesn't seem to be ex- it, it doesn't seem to be explained how they yeah. came into this exchange at any point the family basically switches place places with a uh with a, a rural farming family um in nilbog which is goblin spelled backwards. Spoiler alert. <laughs> and as we mentioned, uh, you know, they do refer to them as goblins the entire film. I don't think they ever say the word troll. No, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> but apparently they wanted, you know, the producers or whoever wanted to call it Troll 2 to bank off the success of, I guess, what was Troll 1. Which um, wasn't that successful no, on its own, I, I don't think. I believe that it was. I mean, I'm sure it was moderately, you know, as, as a... A type of horror film maybe it was but um mm-hmm. yeah I, I i guess they just didn't believe in, in uh, the goblin movie uh on its own you know making lots of money for them so go figure um so yeah the family goes to nilbog and it's a very strange town obviously lots of odd things going on and there's this woman who is the main villain of the movie the goblin queen and you know she's pure camp that's why i love this character druid credence leonor Gilgood, right? Is her Gilgood? name? Gilgood, yeah. Gilgood, so. Gilgood. I, I, she says it really fast every time. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but she's yeah, she's out there on her own, and you know, so she's like terrorizing the main kid, and tr- yeah, their their main goal, the goblins' main goal, I guess, is to turn everyone into, as we said, vegetables, so that they can eat them, of course, um, because they are vegetarians, and I, apparently that was something when I was looking. Uh, you know information up about this movie um there was the one the one filmmaker or the one director um it was kind of part of her agenda i guess was she wanted to express her frustration i guess she had friends that were vegetarians and this apparently made her angry enough to write a whole movie about it <laughs> um, which is poetic though there, there is a certain poetry you know yeah. most most people would just say to their friends you know hey right. you know i'm not fond of your vegetarianism but apparently she felt you know, passionate enough to make a feature yeah. film about it. Yeah, it was it was uh, the director Cla- uh, Claudio Fragasso's wife, um, mm-hmm. and so she came up with that idea, I guess, which is is uh, interesting. It's novel, you know, you, you don't see that very often. Mm-hmm. So I'll definitely give her points for for originality there. Yeah, um, and it does, you know, basically equate into uh, that green goo that we were discussing and the the pretty interesting pretty impressive effects um some of them more impressive than others um the goblins themselves are pretty much you know you can tell just little people with masks on uh, which i'm all for I, I miss that you know like ewoks and things like that like i think that's no. a, a great practical uh, yeah it makes sense um and so anyway so ba- basically things do not go well for the family and uh, but you know in the end everything works out i don't want to give away anything but no. it doesn't it doesn't matter what you know about this movie you should just go and see it yeah. um, if you if you're listening to this i think you'd probably enjoy it <laughs> yeah it's it's certainly um a a mood piece i think is the the mm-hmm. nicest way to put it you you know you're you're along for the ride not the yeah. not the destination <laughs> exactly yeah so <laughs> another, another another detail i think to include just, I mean, we're trying trying to explain this plot just to kind of set it up a little bit. Right. Um, but once again, you kind of just have to dig in. There's also the son in the family seems to have a relationship with his dead grandfather. Right. Oh, who, yes. Who he course. sees and who warns him. 
That's a about, huge part of it. About yeah. these these goblins and or trolls. They're, they're mm-hmm. goblins, but you know, <laughs> I I, I kind of want to just call them trolls just so yeah. There, there's some kind of connection <laughs> to justify it, yeah. to justify the name. Um, and apparently, there there were sequels to this movie. Um, there there were wow specifically yeah. to this one. I'm trying to find it in my notes somewhere here. Um, I I believe that it was called Troll Three. They they actually named it. Which is interesting because personally, I think I would have called it Troll Two Two, because because this is I don't think this is actually I mean it, it's not a sequel. This is so its own thing. Yeah. This is its own thing. So you know, yeah. if Troll if Troll Two Two isn't out there, maybe that's a mm-hmm. you know a project to look at down the line. Yeah. But. Well, there's Best Worst Movie, which is a documentary made right. by the the child actor from this film actually, which is pretty interesting. He grew up and, and made a documentary about it. Came out a few years ago, uh, 2009 actually. Um, and his name's Michael Stevenson, and I would definitely recommend that if you're at all interested. You know, if you enjoyed this film or interested in, in behind the scenes, what people would have to say about it, it's it's definitely worth checking out. And mm-hmm. uh, what, one thing me and Jeremy were discussing before we started recording was um, one of the interesting things that we found was that the the actor who played the dad is actually was and is a dentist in real life. Yeah, still um, to this so day. He, right. So he was a dentist at the time um, when he was in the movie. Yeah. I don't f- remember exactly how he ended up in this film, but... Um, it looked. I, I did a little bit of research in my notes. I actually have a thing pulled mm-hmm. up. Uh, it, it looks like what happened was he auditioned and had always kind of been interested in acting, and the very next day after his audition, he got hired, and Troll 2 was a three-week-long shoot, which is not a long shoot, but for something in this budget range... You know, and for someone who is also a professional person and not a full-time actor, is a pretty big commitment. And um, there's a quote here from him where he says he would go to the dentist dentistry practice and work, and then he'd shoot, and then he'd go in and see some patients. Um, which I could, I, I must have been a really pretty strange experience going from the the subject matter he was dealing with as an actor, going back to looking at the insides of people's mouths. Yeah. I, I can only imagine that it was he probably had nightmares for months and months and months. Yeah. He's probably expecting green goo to come out of their mouths or something. Yeah, really. <laughs> no, it must, it must have been. Um, that is, that's very interesting. I mean, it's yeah, he's just kind of like a regular guy who somehow ended up in this movie. Um, yeah, that's just one of one of the things that you learn from that documentary. A lot of these actors, I think, actually, it didn't look like they really did. I mean, a few of them, a few yeah, of them had he, some other re, a few other roles, but like hardly. Yeah, know. that's true. Yeah. One of the so one of the things I did want to bring up about this movie, um, because I want to start talking about how we even found out about these movies. You know, since they are cult films, I kind of want to discuss you know how they came out of the ether and and how we you know what what attracted us to them. And for this film, um, almost everyone, I mean anyone who pays attention to like you know meme culture or online viral things. You know, this one scene of bad acting would always pop up, and I, I don't remember where I saw it first, but, you know, it was a scene uh, from this film, I found out later, which is the one actor, you know, uh, some, a line something like, you know, they're eating him, or they're eating her, and next they're going to eat us. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and that scene, you know, and, and so you like, what is this movie? Well, you know, what's what mm-hmm. film is this scene from? So that was how I first uh, found out about the movie, because I, I looked that up, and it just kind of escalated from oh, there. That, that then was how you the documentary it. came out. Yeah, so um, that was just how I found out about it. Yeah, um, I, these these movies almost end up being urban legends in a weird way until you actually see them because it's one of those things where you know I mean I obviously I saw this movie for the first time for this podcast I watched it 
Um, and, and, it, and it's kind of weird because I had heard of it, but I can't tell you who told me about it or where I heard of it. It just kind of floats around the ether. Yeah, it's in the ether. Right? It's in yeah. the ether. And then all of a sudden one day, you know, you're like, oh, that's that's where this reference comes. And, it, yeah. it, and it's yeah. a very specific thing, but it, it is culture. It, it's popular culture mm-hmm. in this weird underground way and probably yeah, more of, influential than we realize. Yeah, a lot of these movies, even though they're cult films, they find a way to to kind of meld into yeah to everyday fabric of society in some way it's it's interesting um they kind of just pop up you know um because they are so unique and and odd and interesting that's what i think anyway so um yeah this is one of those films and i think that's why it's one of the big three of the so bad it's good that we're focusing on um and just to kind of wrap things up uh you know just want to talk about our final takes of the film uh jeremy in your opinion what is it about troll 2 that resonates you know with people and what do you think it is about it that gives it such a lasting impression um i think that at least of the the so bad it's good kind of films what makes this one special is just how outlandish it is mm-hmm. um compared to you because because there there it, it's hard to make a an exploitation style movie that feels this outlandish because the whole point of exploitation films is to be outlandish so to make one that that is like on a whole nother level it it just something has to be just totally off its rocker and also i I think what's interesting is the fact that this one came a little bit after that genre kind of had peaked and it it was almost like the the last in a line because there are probably other other movies from the era that would have like from before that, that maybe would have fit into a similar thing. But the fact that this was a 90s movie, yeah. you know, it was a little later. Which is very similar to Plan 9, because Plan 9, mm-hmm. as we discussed a little bit, you know, he was making a film that kind of went out of fashion by that point. You yeah. know, so, and it's the same kind of thing. But, I mean, that's what makes it stand out, I think. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, so... Definitely, I would recommend checking this film out, as well as the documentary Best Worst Movie. Um, kind of a good companion piece to this film. And it's a great party movie, as I mentioned. I have watched this with, yeah. with a bunch of people, uh, especially around Halloween. It's make a some, great one for that. Make some green drinks. <laughs> oh, yeah, green drinks all around. Um, but, yeah, there's lots to discuss about this film. We kind of even just touched on it, but we mostly focus on the acting. But, I mean, the editing is terrible. I mean, there's repeated lines, you know, I'm sure unintentional and things like that. So there's all kinds of, of great stuff, plus the effects uh, to dig into when you when you watch this movie. But um, that's all we're, we're going to talk about today for Troll 2. Thanks for listening to Cult Movie Cult. Um, you can check us out all forms of social media. And you can join us next time where we're going to conclude our series, So Bad It's Good where we will talk about The Room, which I am very excited for. Indeed. This has been Cult Movie Cult, and until next time, so long from the other side.